This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, You'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello empaths, and we wish you all happy holidays, and if you're celebrating today, a very, very Merry Christmas. We thought it would be fun today since it is such a lively holiday season with lots of, lots of people celebrating different things this month to talk about some unusual festivities and traditions and superstitions around the holidays and some fun traditions. Do you want to start us off, Denise? I would, and this is very traditional one. And and I love that we're just kind of having a fun show for this. It's a relaxing time. I hope everyone's having peaceful time with their family and loved ones. And if not, you have a community with us. We all have each other. So I think we need to keep that in mind as well. This isn't always the easiest time of year for folks, but please know that you're in our hearts. Everyone's real familiar with a Yule log. And you know, the present day custom of having a Yule log at Christmas or around the holiday time but it started as a winter solstice festival in Scandinavia when fires were lit for, you know, the heat and light of the life-giving sun. And we're also, as we're recording this, we're coming up very close to the winter solstice, which is a time of the light starting to come back, which those of us in New England are very, very excited about. Uh, and it was burned, this Yule log was burned on the hearth in order of the Scandinavian god Thor. And it was never allowed to, to burn out completely and was kept as a token of good luck. And, you know, then they would use the kindling to start the following year's log. In some other European countries, the Yule log was burned until nothing but the ashes were left and they were collected and spread into the fields as fertilizer every night or worn around the neck as a, as a charm. But I love when there is a tradition that has maybe has a base in one place, but has branched out into the rest of the world. I do too. And it's such a lovely reminder that the light is coming back. 
I don't mind the darkness during the day as much, you know, when it starts getting dark at like 4.30 or 5. What drives me crazy is the sun resting at eye level every moment of my day as I try to drive. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so frustrating? So I'm really happy to have the solstice behind us and we're every single day, the days are getting longer. I've never done a Yule log. I've made a Yule log cake. Have you ever done a Yule log and kept Years that ago, years and years ago, but not in the tradition. It was more just a, a part. I didn't do all the ceremony that went with it. And I feel like we need to, to wish a happy summer solstice to our folks down in the Southern hemisphere. Yes, excellent point. If you wanna know if you're going to get married this year, there's a really fun thing you can do that the Czech woman started years ago. It's it's a really unusual tradition. They started to determine if they were gonna get married in the upcoming year. They would throw a shoe at their house and the way the shoe landed would give them really important information about their love life. If the shoe lands with the heel facing the house, it's believed that the woman will remain single throughout the next year. So I guess if it lands the opposite direction, you get married. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Oh, well, I wonder if it's like the tarot cards. And if the if the shoe lands sideways, you say, son of a bitch, I'm going to throw another shoe. Yeah. Because that's not the answer I wanted. <laughs> you know what I've noticed? I've been to a lot of weddings early, early on, like in my 20s. And then recently, for some reason, I've been invited to a couple more weddings. And whoever catches the bouquet, that tradition tends to be true. Have you ever noticed that? I, I haven't really paid attention, to be honest with you. I'll tell you, I went to my friend's wedding, and it was a second wedding. And she threw the bouquet, and her friend grabbed it. And her friend had sworn off men for years. She was mm -hmm. like, had one. Don't want another one. Thank you very much. I'm going to, you know, she was just all the single ladies with Beyonce, you know? Yeah. She was done. And she caught the bouquet and was like, oh. And three months later, she met this guy and I got the invitation to her wedding. It's next year. Wow. Yeah. I did one time when I was at a wedding and, so, and the bouquet landed and I was going directly to this woman. She just looked at it and watched it land on the floor. Like she didn't even reach out for it. And it was going directly to her. And everybody just kind of looked and they made humor out. They found humor in it. But I thought, oh, she just wanted no part of that bouquet. That's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes from uh, Sex in the City, where Samantha and Charlotte and uh, Miranda are at a wedding and the bouquet lands at their feet. Oh, that's right. Do you remember that? And they just look at it and they look at each other and I'm like, you ready to go? Yeah. And they go out. <laughs> bouquet at my wedding got married within the year. The woman who caught the bouquet at my sister's wedding, both, both of them got married within two years. Well, maybe people better start throwing those shoes. I think so. Let us know. <laughs> the next one is Ursul the Bear Dance. And in Romania, carolers dress in bear costumes and dance on New Year's Eve in order to drive away evil spirits and to enrich the soil. So again, that tradition of, you know, that connection with earth energy and solstice time of the year. And the even though they look kind of scary, it's actually a time to celebrate and traditions are passed down. But see, I think that's fun. I think that's fun blending with that bear energy, but also the dancing and the caroling and the it's it's all about levity. But 
you have to wonder if that goes back to when, of course, I always make it go back to, but when if it goes back to when people were more connected with the natural world, because a lot of these traditions seem to have uh, connections with the the elements, with you know burning the the yule log or and putting the ashes into the fields for crops, or there. It's kind of fun to think about. It is. It really is. Here's something I did not know until we did some research for this show. Did you know that in Soviet Russia, all those years, they did not celebrate Christmas? I did not know that. I mean, it makes sense, right? If you're a communist country, but I just, I, I think of St. Basil, Basil I'm, I never know how to pronounce that in Moscow. And I just assumed people went to church on Christmas, but from what I read, it says Christmas was not allowed in Soviet Russia. So gifts were exchanged on New Year's Day. They weren't delivered by Santa. I guess he was banned too, Denise. No, no St. Nicholas there. Yeah. They were delivered by Father Frost, who was often accompanied by his niece. And they even decorated a New Year's Day tree called a yoka. See, that's interesting because I, I think that the point of celebration and what popped into my head is you know, there's a, I don't know if it's still a thing, but there used to be a thing in Japan where, because only, you know, a tiny, tiny percentage of Japanese people are Christian. It's like 1% or something. It became really popular to have Kentucky fried chicken on Christmas. Oh yeah. I read that. <laughs> or Christmas Eve, I think it was, but isn't that, you know, how did these things get started? And I guess it was a whole, um, promotional thing from KSC to do that. But isn't it funny how things like that will click and people will hang on to it and just say, okay, it's Christmas Eve. Let's have KFC. <laughs> Those traditions that get started often have the funniest stories. My kids' favorite memory, and it's a tradition we still do to this day, years ago, we would go to Christmas Eve mass and they usually had a children's mass at 4.30 and 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. So we would go to the 6 p.m. one and our plan was to then, you know, come home and and get dinner. And so we go, we got all dressed up for mass on Christmas Eve and my kids are rolling. They're like, do we have to go? Yes, you have to go get in the car. So we get in the car and we're driving there and it is packed, Denise. The Knights of Columbus is out there directing traffic. We pull in and the guy stops our car and he goes, I'm sorry, there's no more parking. You'll have to come to the midnight mass. And I was like, I leaned over and I said, you mean there's no room at the inn? And the guy <laughs> did not laugh. And my kids are in the back going, yes, it's a Christmas miracle. They were so excited. So we drive around and nothing is open. There's not one restaurant open. And I'm like, what are we going to do now? So we went to this Japanese steakhouse, you know, the kind where they serve dinner in front of you on the big table. Yeah. Like a hibachi kind of place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the best time. And it was it was five of us. And then there was this one man all by himself at the end of our table. And I was, to this day, I'm still fascinated. Like, wow, what, I wanted to know his story. We tried talking to him. He, he didn't want any of it. But we had this great meal. And then we drove around all night looking at Christmas lights. That's our thing. And we did watch Mass on TV at midnight. And that's a really important thing is that I think we all find little things in our own. I, I The first Christmas I spent alone with the boys after I got divorced, I 
instituted some new things. So maybe that's something to consider in your own life. Like that's really fun that that became a tradition in your life for you and the girls. And yeah. it, it, I think that that's, we don't have to do it by the rules just because it's always been done that way. Exactly. This next one is an ancient Roman winter solstice festival held in honor of Saturnus, the Roman god of agriculture and harvest. So again, we're going back to harvest, the connection with the earth. And it started on December 17th and lasted for seven days. But it was grudges were forgiven. Wars were interrupted. People, it was fun. It was carnival. It was celebration. And they say that a lot of these Customs have influenced our present day Christmas and New Year celebrations. And I think that that's really, really important that we might tweak it a little bit, but there's always a route that goes further back where someone else started this. Oh, I know. Saturnella is at the heart of all I think of our Christmas celebrations, right? In terms of the tree and I think even the eggnog, it's all rooted back to that. Yes. Okay. You've heard of Krampus, right? Have you heard of Krampus? I have. And Krampus, blunt, I shouldn't swear on Christmas Day, but kind of scares the shit out of my out of me. Why would you do that to little kids? But go ahead. I know. Well, I mean, read read the OG fairy tales. They were scary as anything. <laughs> they were. In Austria, they say that Krampus does come and visit children, but you know, his visits aren't welcome. Instead of coal in your stocking, Krampus. He'll seek out anyone who is on the naughty list and he will punish them. And if there's a particularly bad kid, he just takes that child away with him in his sack. I mean, that's terrifying. That's the stuff that'll keep you up at night, no matter what your age is. But they do um, this thing where on Krampus, where they celebrate Krampus, people dress up as witches and devils. They take to the streets, they carry torches, they cause all sorts of stuff for the annual Krampus run, which is designed to scare the devil out of people. Now that's a run I think I could join. <laughs> my, my oldest daughter and her friend, they do the turkey trot every Thanksgiving morning, mm-hmm. the 5K, and she's always like, mom, come. And first of all, I'm like, you know, do you think this turkey and the stuffing and mash, do you think it magically cooks itself and I'm just sitting on the couch eating bonbons? No. Secondly, I don't want to get up at like 6 a.m. and run. No. On Thanksgiving, on, on my eating day? No. But a Krampus run, that I could do. Again, there's a lot of these, a lot of the old traditions have a scary part. Well, um, you know, there was a tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve. It's it's still in that song um, where you sit around telling scary ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of neat. Right. It makes it more about a global celebration rather than just a Christianity holiday, which I think is important too. not making better or worse of either. But just that that's part of this is that we're a blended pot globally. Exactly. I think that's so, so important. I mean, I I don't think we should ever put our beliefs and our views on other people. I was at a restaurant. I was out of town this weekend and I was at this lovely restaurant having a beautiful breakfast and the waitress said, are you, are you in town celebrating the birth of our Lord? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, um, gosh, I mean, I, I will on the 25th, but I'm just here to have fun this weekend. And when she brought us our check, she gave us a whole Bible thing of verses. I was like, do I look like a heathen? What, what is happening here? Oh, no. Welcome to the deep south, people. I know. It just feels kind <laughs> of, 
I don't know, kind of arrogant to assume, you know? Personal opinion. If you don't like what I'm saying, send it to me, not to the show. It is not very respectful of what other people may believe or honor in their life. And that, I think, is part of this whole thing where we are right now is you might do it differently. Someone else might believe a different thing. Doesn't make it right or wrong. Just honor the person and what they believe. But anyway, going along the same path as Krampus, then they're in Norway, the hiding of the brooms. And they say that a lot of people on Christmas Eve, before they go to bed, they would believe that witches and mischievous spirits would take the brooms from the households in order to ride around on Christmas Eve. So, the, And there's also a witch story with Italy, but I think that's, again, going back to darker, evil, mischievous, and interesting to me that that's part of the, the Christmas Eve kind of tradition. Yeah, I agree. There's... um. I think the Italian Christmas, which is kind of nice. I think she, um, her name is Bafana and she delivers gifts to children on Italy, but there is a mean witch, Noga, Nola. I can't remember her name. Okay. So did, did she, did Bafana though start out as a little more, not, not quite as kind Okay, I'm going to Google it. It says, on January 5th in Italy, children prepare for a late night visit from La Bafana by hanging up socks to be filled with small delights. She's a grandmotherly woman who resembles a kindly witch, and she brings gifts to good little children, puts them in the stockings hung above the hearth, and she even tidies up a bit before she takes her leave. Oh, well, Bafana, I've got some socks for you. Okay, wow, that's exciting. Uh, it's it's a celebration of the visit of the three kings of the Magi who came to welcome Christ when he was born in Bethlehem. So it's thought that her word is originating from the word Epiphania, you mm-hmm. know, from the Feast of the Epiphany. Right. So that's interesting. So, so many of these involve shoes and socks. Across, yeah. Across the world. And I thought about that. What... That is universal. The The Dutch put out the shoes for treats. We hang, uh, A lot of people in the States or that follow Christmas will hang a stocking to be filled with little treats. So that's that's funny that that's, again, showing up with, with this tradition of Bafana. Well, I know. Okay, so one of my favorite books, if anyone is uh, carrying up for little kids, please consider getting the autobiography of Santa Claus because it's 24 chapters. So uh, next year you could read a chapter a night for the month of December. My kids loved it. It's filled with a ton of history and it's about how Santa Claus came to be. And along the way, he meets all these famous people throughout history. So you learn a lot as you're reading it to your kids, but it talks about how St. Nicholas started. And and what it was, was every, every woman would wash out her stockings at night and hang them over the fire to dry Mm -hmm. every day. And this, there were these three women and they needed dowries and they couldn't get married without them. And so St. Nicholas, he was a priest in town. He felt bad for them. He snuck into their house one night and put the dowries in their socks and so that's how that started. And I'm wondering if it's just that so much of the world was so poor, all they had were their shoes and their stockings. It could be. Out. Could be. Yeah. It, it, it's it's interesting to think about. Yeah. 
Okay, in parts of Mexico, they celebrate a three-day festival. It starts on December 23rd. It's called the Night of the Radishes. And they will carve vegetables, especially oversized radishes if they have them, to look like the nativity and other symbols from Mexican folklore. And it started as a way to like just attract customers to the Christmas market. It later turned into a competition, I guess, like our pumpkin carving things. Mm -hmm. But today there are thousands of visitors who come to see the vegetable creations. That's a skill to be able to carve a radish. Yeah, that really is. That's tiny. But maybe they just had a surplus of radishes and thought, "Eh, let's let's carve some. Let's have some fun here. The, the, The next one is something that having lived in colder climates, the polar bear plunges or dips. And these are usually in January. We just had one here uh, out at the lake. And it, I think it was, oh my goodness, they did not have to break through the ice this year to get in. And they were very excited excited about that. But this is a lot in the Northeastern part of the United States and Canada to, to bring in the new years or people will you know, go in and swim in the ocean, which if you're swimming in the North Atlantic in New Year's Day, that's, it's a little chilly, Uh, (laughs) but it's usually about a charity or bringing awareness to a cause. And I think that's interesting because so many people are doing that by choice now with the ice, like the ice water dips and baths, and they have that as part of their normal routine. But these folks that celebrate or do some kind of a fundraiser, just do it once a year. I'm not a big fan of the cold dip. No, I'm not either. My sister does it every year. I think she's done it 12 years in a row. Yeah, And I I went last year with her and I said, I'm here for support. I'll video and take pictures of you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, I will swim in cold water, but if it's freezing cold outside, oh, I don't know about that. That's tough, but it's it's a lovely way to mark a fresh new start. In Brazil, they have a tradition of jumping seven waves on New Year's Day oh. and making a wish for each wave. Huh. Yeah. I think that'd be easier to do in Brazil than Maine, though, right, Denise? Yeah, I think <laughs> just, just a bit, right? <laughs> now, there's also a tradition on uh, New Year's Eve of eating seven grapes. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. So there's this tradition. If you eat round foods on New Year's Eve, it's said to bring you good luck. I don't, I don't really know where that started, but especially grapes. And my kids and I did this for, I think the last three years we would eat 12 grapes. And then I'm doing research, you know, little light research for what we're talking about today. And I was like, oh crap, I've been doing it wrong. You're supposed to eat the 12 grapes exactly time to the 12 strokes of midnight on new year's eve or you'll have bad luck all year that's too much pressure i gotta kiss someone i gotta watch the ball i gotta drink champagne and i gotta <laughs> stuff all grapes in my mouth when i first moved to the south years ago and it was a new year's tradition and this woman said did you get your butter beans and i said i'm sorry and she said New Year's Day, butter beans, did, do you have them? You're not going to have any luck all year unless you eat butter beans on New Year's Day. And I did it for years, and no big giant luck came when I lived in the South and ate butter beans. So I think maybe I just brought too much Northern animosity to it. I don't know. Well, again, okay, I did a little research on that. There's, you have to be pretty <laughs> specific about it. You have to make Hoppin' John's, which yes. is black-eyed peas, pork, and rice, 
It has to be eaten on January 1st if you want to have luck and prosperity all year. And you should eat it served over collard greens because that represents money. So the peas represent corn, coins. The corn, if so you're supposed to also serve with cornbread. Did you do that? Yes. Oh, look at you. All right. Well, the cornbread symbolizes gold. I was trying to acclimate. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want even more luck, you should serve your Hoppin' Johns on a plate with a penny hidden underneath. Oh, I didn't have the penny. There you go. See? Oh, geez, Louise. Okay. It was all the penny. Yes. Now, in Denmark, they have kind of a fun tradition that I don't think we could try here or else we might be arrested for vandalism. But they go around their neighbors and they smash plates on their doorstep. Break up any bad luck or bad energy or bad memories from the previous year. And it's said that whoever wakes up with the most broken crockery on their doorstep will have the most luck that year. Wow. I wonder if they sell special plates just to go and smash. Doesn't it seem like some somebody would say, well, let's get special smashing plates. That's true. They have those new businesses now, you know, where you can pay to smash stuff. Yes. Uh, Or uh, demolition. They'll give you a sledgehammer. And that's a, I don't know if it's big where you are. This is so random, but axe throwing and smashing stuff up. And I guess it's good to get your yayas out. I don't know. I guess so. I don't know. If I woke up on New Year's Day and I had to clean up broken shards of glass, I would not feel very lucky. No. But what do I know? I'm an American. (laughs) Now, in Ireland, they believe that if you fall asleep on New Year's Eve with a little sprig of mistletoe or holly or some ivy, if you have it, you place that under your pillow and it's said that you will dream of your future love that night. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's kind of fun. I think so. And in Greece, they hang onions on their front door on New Year's Day to ensure fertility and good luck. Onions. Onions. Well, the Greeks also have a the lighting of the boats, like they decorate the boats all with lights and whether they're out, you know, on a on a mooring or and on the water or if they're just I don't know if they do the parades or not, but there is something about the lighting of the ships. In Greece with a holiday tradition. Oh, that sounds lovely. Okay, here's one that I attest to and I honor every year. On New Year's Eve day, you should clean the crap out of your house. Like pretend like you're spring cleaning. Clean, clean, clean all morning. But on New Year's Day, do not lift a finger. Oh, I think that's a great tradition. We should all start. But it is, I really believe this. I don't know where I read this years ago, but... I've noticed that it's true. How you spend New Year's Day and how you spend your birthday tends to echo into the rest of your year. Mm -hmm. So if you spend New Year's Day relaxed and connecting with yourself, with friends, whatever it is that makes you happy and uplifted, it said that will kind of be the theme of your year. Oh, okay. So important to go into the new year intentionally, right? Right. And I I think that so many people are trying to be more intentional about how they're using their time, their energy, their focus. And it's been 
2023 has had some trials and tribulations for a lot of folks. So I think we're all looking forward to a, a fresh start in the new year. Oh, yes, I think so, too. And Mercury retrograde is coming to an end. <laughs> Which is a There's good thing. It's also traditions thing. about um, underwear on New Year's Eve. Did you know that? I don't know the underwear tradition. Okay. Well, if you want to bring more love into your 2024, then pull on your red underwear. If you want to bring in more joy and happiness, wear yellow underwear, prosperity, green underwear. So that's something to think about, right? It's kind of like the days of the week underwear that they had years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. What's your, do you have a New Year's Eve tradition? Um, it's pretty mellow. It's, it's, don't, I don't go frenetically cleaning, but I do, I do a lot of extra writing on New Year's Eve to just kind of end the year. And then New Year's morning, I write with, uh, it's, there's a lot of introspection for me around New Year's Eve and New Year's Day of, you know, what are we finishing up with? What are we releasing? Gratitude for all the, um, I can, I can always find gratitude because I think it's the key to everything, but um, just review. It's always good for me to do an end of the year review and then go into the year with new, a new outlook. Yeah. I think that's important to, to take that pause, that moment to just reflect and take stock. Yeah. And, and I also make a, a surprise, surprise, a big habit out of, you know, doing something outside on both of those days to release the old year and to welcome in the new year. Yeah, there's a tradition of opening up all your windows on New Year's Eve for a little bit to let all the the old energy out, which I think is really fun. My girls and I always do a bowl burning ceremony on New Year's Eve where we just write down all the gunk and funk from the prior year that we want to let go of. Right. And it's private. We don't share it. You know, you, we just sit around the dining room table uh, before or after or during dinner and we write it all down and then we uh, rip it up and put it in this big brass bowl I have and we burn it. And then we uh, just go outside and dump the ashes. See, that's nice. And when you think about it, that goes with some of the traditions that we've been talking about is releasing, burning, giving it back to the earth that you were doing it without even realizing it. Well, and then I found at this little bookstore, and now you can get them anywhere, but years ago, I could only get them at this one little bookstore in our downtown. It's called Flying Wish Papers. Have you ever used Oh, Yes. I love them. My kids get such a kick out of them. So after we do our bowl burning, then we write our wishes for the new year and you roll it up on this little special tissue paper that they give you and you burn it and then it floats up into the air and disintegrates. And it's said that however, like whoever's uh, flies the highest will get their wish first. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Do you still do this stuff with the girls? Yeah, I do. Oh, nice. Nice. It's yeah. and that's the the sign of a tradition is that I had mentioned something that I've done, you know, with with the boys for years, the boys who are grown men. And I mentioned to one of them, I said, Well, do you really think we need to do that? And they like, Well, yeah, we always do that. And I I mean that touched my heart as a mom that they still want to do it. But I think that that's that's part of all of this is whatever works for you and your little family or or a lot of people will find incredible joy with going to volunteer during the holidays or to go help someone else that may not have have a a safe place to be. So whatever your traditions are, they're yours and that's what makes them beautiful. Yes. Just be careful 
whatever tradition you start with your family, you will have to keep going. (laughs) I do wish other parents had told me that years ago because my oldest daughter was getting ready to come home from college and our elf on the shelf is named Elmer. And she said, has Elmer arrived from the North Pole? And I said, oh, yes, he's here. He's waiting on you. And she said, does he have a gift for me? Because he always brings a gift from Mrs. Claus when he arrives. And I'm like, oh, here I go. Off to Sephora. (laughs) I have to go for Elmer. (laughs) We're just a little bit older here. So we missed the elf on the shelf. And I, I admittedly, I'm not sad that we missed that tradition. Oh my gosh, I cannot tell you the stress that little elf caused me so many nights. Okay, what I don't, okay, this is just me being me. I don't understand why people do like mean stuff with the elf. I don't either. I think it's weird. I think we need to call Dr. Freud. I don't understand it. No, it really bothers me. I know exactly what you're talking about. What is that? I don't know. I I don't, I, I don't find any humor and it, it worries me that people do find humor because the only reason I would know about it is that they're splashing it all over the internet. Yeah, I don't like that. Mine just like made snow angels and sugar or flour or yeah, go bungee jumping or he loved to ride in Barbie's convertible, stuff like that. He yeah. liked to sleep in the freezer. A little yeah. fun little things. silly things that, yeah. that didn't it was for for a young mind, it would be curious and and funny, and you know, and you could have beautiful, beautiful stories about. Well, doesn't it make sense? He he'd sleep in the freezer because he's from the North Pole and it's cold there. But you see these ones now on social media where he's like duct taping Barbie and all sorts of creepy weird yeah. stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. Or or, or doing more Krampus like activities. <laughs> it's. It's definitely strange. I saw the cutest one on Facebook. A mom had left a note from their elf that said, I sprinkled magic dust on your parents. So if you ask them for ice cream for dinner, they can't say no. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that cute? Like, I just think it's fun to do lifting, fun thing like that for kids. But let's, let's not kidnap Barbie. No, 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 no. Barbie didn't do anything. She's just Barbie. Especially she's quite famous with her movie coming out this past year. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to hear some fun things people can do for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Yeah, because this is, I mean, this show is airing on traditional Christmas Day and our next show will be uh, coming out on New Year's Day. So maybe this will give people a jump on some little things they'd like to integrate into their own traditions this coming New Year's. Well, here's one. I, you know, you often hear that fish is served on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. I did not know why. It's because fish don't swim backwards. So it's said to symbolize moving forward and not looking back with nostalgia or regret on the past year. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I like that idea. In Denmark, people will stand on a chair and jump off as the clock strikes midnight to symbolize leaping into the new year. This is said to banish bad energy and ensure good luck in the new year. Okay, being the cynic, I just had a vision of all these people who have been celebrating way too hard for way too long, jumping off chairs. And that (laughs) must be an interesting spectacle at times for some folks. (laughs) Or a crowded ER room. Yes. (laughs) 
But that makes sense too, jumping into the new year. Yeah, I like it. New Year's Eve is also a tradition to return any borrowed items so you can kind of like clear the slate. It's also a great time to give a gift. It's said to increase gratitude and generosity and, you know, stir that cycle of giving and receiving. You can give them a lucky charm. A pig ornament is said to help people have prosperity all year. Or you can give them a peppermint candy pig and they can smash it, ensuring any bad luck from the old year is gone and only good luck can come to them. Hmm. Now, while it's good to serve fish on New Year's Day, you should never serve chicken on New Year's Day or else your good luck will fly away. Oh. Yeah. In Ireland, I love this. They have a tradition of setting a place at the New Year's Day table for anyone they lost that year prior. Oh. Isn't that nice just to kind of remember your loved ones? And that's a real basic tenant for anyone who's grieving during the holidays or who has lost someone. And I think that's important to reach out to someone that you know is going through a hard time and let you know that, I think that you you know that first year when someone's not at the table, just including them can really help ease some of the pain. Exactly, exactly. And it's what's something we always hear when we're doing readings, keep celebrating the holidays. Yes tell my stories and remember me with joy. And that's all of that is a beautiful way to, to incorporate that. In Japan, they have a tradition of watching the sunrise to invite new opportunities into their year. In parts of Latin America, they throw a bucket of water out the window to represent cleansing out the old and preparing for the new. I think that's a good one. Okay, this is, this is again, I don't know, probably not in the holiday spirit, but I was thinking for anyone that's had a really hard few years, they are throwing shoes and buckets of water. <laughs> Breaking glasses and they, dishes. Oh, we are ending this now. <laughs> okay, there's also a tradition where you should go to the bank before New Year's Day and get out some cash and carry cash in your pocket all day to ensure a prosperous new year. Okay. That's a good one. Now, I've often done a king cake during Mardi Gras. Have you ever done that? And whoever gets Mm -hmm. the little baby in the cake has good luck. Well, there's a tradition of baking a cake on New Year's Day, and you hide an almond in the cake. And whoever gets the slice of cake with the almond will have good luck all year. Yes. And I think I remember reading something that sometimes if there's a lot of kids, they'll hide more than one almond so that more than one person gets the luck. That's that's a good idea. Although my kids would get so mad at me if I did that because they, they always make fun of me. They'll, they'll say when they were little, like, mom, who decorated their Barbie the best or who did their makeup the best? And I always say, all of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't you do that? Because it's yes. so hard. Oh, I am so stupid fair about keeping it even now. And as I mentioned, grown men, and I still keep it so fair. I can't not. It's so important to me. Oh, I remember you and I talking, I think it was just last year about how we would, we always take a day before the holidays and we bring out all the gifts and we count to make sure each child or adult has the same amount. Gifts, cost, thought. Oh, it's, it's very, very balanced. Yes. Because I would never want one to feel more than the other or less than the other. 
Now, a tradition that um, Deb does, and now I do, my friend Deb, uh, who I I co-host my other podcast with, she always does a full Celtic cross tarot reading for herself on New Year's Eve. I think that's a great idea because you know how a lot of tarot people will say like you shouldn't do like a full reading for yourself all the time, like maybe pull a card or three cards. But a full on you should do around New Year's and around your birthday. And I think that's lovely. And she's so meticulous. She'll write it down. Mm-hmm. She'll write down every card and how what it means to her. And it's cool because she keeps her journal. She's a good journaler like you are. And so she'll do one for her year. And then she'll do one for us and like our, our podcast and show ideas and, you know, see how that's going to go. And then we'll compare. And it's neat because I can call her and be like, okay, this is my outcome card. And this was, and she can flip back to prior years and say, well, you know, in 2014, we got that. And this is what the year looked like. So that's good or, or what have you. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fun little tradition to do. If you, if you enjoy Tarot and, and you can record it. There's a fun activity you can do on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day if you want, where you make your own good luck penny. We've all heard that that little rhyme, you know, find a penny, pick it up all day long, you'll have good luck. Well, if you want to make yourself a good luck penny, which is considered a sign from loved ones in heaven, you know, pennies are from heaven. In ancient times, it was believed that metal was a gift from the gods. And so you can you can make your own good luck penny. And this is where you put a jar of water in the sun for two to three hours, and then you add a bay leaf. And you can write your wish or your intention on the leaf, such as, I am lucky every day in every way. And then you place that in the jar of the sun water, add your penny, and it should be a penny that you found. It shouldn't be a penny that you have to go like, rooting in your wallet or purse or coin jar for for it should be a penny that you found as you're walking and going about your business let it soak overnight and then pull that penny out and carry it with you hmm. yeah now do you carry the penny all the time or do you just like like a lucky penny in yeah. your pocket every day yes like a lucky okay. penny okay but not just for new year's day you would just carry it as until you all year long yes okay. exactly Oh, that's fun too. Yeah, I think that would be a fun thing to do. There's uh, there's a lot of traditions with with bay leaves about writing your wishes and burning the bay leaf. I've I haven't done that. Have you done that? No, no. But it, you're right. That is, and that goes way way back into Celtic lore and druids and paganism, and that's an old old one. You can also take a spray bottle and fill it with some water and add essential oil of mint or some mint leaves if you have some growing in your garden and wash your front door on New Year's Eve to lift the vibrations of your home and welcome luck in. So that'd be a good thing to add if you're doing a little early spring cleaning on New Year's Eve day like we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. See, all of these things are just little things you can do. They might become traditions, they might not, but they're all, it's fun. It's fun to just take a minute and pause and do something intentional. Well, you know, I think we have a lot of stories of magic and miracles that happen around this season because everybody 
tends to remember what it was like as a child to believe in the magic of the season, right? Yeah. And so to me, it's about consciousness. And so if you're if you're consciously focusing your intent and energy on good luck, prosperity, love, whatever it is that you're hoping to focus on in the new year, then the, the power of your mind and your consciousness is going to work to attract that. So you can call it good luck, you can call it uh, superstition, you can call it whatever. I don't care what label you put on it, but I think it's really about the power of our mind to, to suspend that skeptical side of us that tends to reign usually throughout the year and really believe in, in the magic of the season, whatever oh, holiday you're celebrating. That's beautiful. That's That's really beautiful. Thank you. Well, we hope this has given you guys just a little little nuggets and food for thought about some traditions that you might try with yourself or your family this year and really start to go throughout the year thinking about what it is you want to invite into your life as we wrap up 2023, which yeah. just seems insane to me that we're wrapping up 2023. Oh, I have to add, Denise, the most depressing thing happened. My kids got the... <laughs> My kids got the American Girl doll catalog. Do you remember those? Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know why we still get it, but every Christmas we get the American Girl doll catalog. And they always have the historic doll of the year. We had Rebecca, who was from the 1930s. We had Carolyn, Caroline, I think, who was from the 19th century. Do you want to guess what year the historical doll is for the American Girl doll company this year? Oh, I'm afraid to ask. What is it? 1999. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I don't even. My, my middle daughter was like, Mom, this is like, I was born three, four years after this. How is she? Th She's like, Am I historical? <laughs> <laughs> I said, honey, you're not legally allowed to drink alcohol. You're not historical. Just close that catalog. <laughs> right. Well, that's funny. I know. So yeah, we are wrapping up 2023 this week. We are wrapping up Mercury retrograde and we are getting ready to go into a brand new year. And we are so happy that you all are with us and that you're coming into the new year with us as well. We hope you have a beautiful, magical week filled with lots of good luck, prosperity, love, romance, joy, and new traditions. Thank you so much for listening to us. Happy holidays, whatever holiday you're celebrating this month. And remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.